Whether you're starting a game or starting your day, you need to pick a starting lineup, and you're going to want the starter from Jack Black. Loaded with the superior skincare the pros love, Kings fans can get the starter for just $10, shipping included. Available exclusively at GetJackBlack.com with the code TEAMJB, the starter has four of Jack Black's best-selling skincare and shave products, plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm, SPF 25, in natural mint. Here's to the winning combination for 2022, the LA Kings and the starter from Jack Black. $10 plus free shipping, available at GetJackBlack.com with the code TEAMJB while supplies last. You're listening to an LA Kings podcast. For more episodes of this and every other Kings program, visit LAKings.com slash podcast. You're listening to All the Kings Men, the official podcast of the LA Kings. Defenseman Brant Clark can win it for the Kings with a goal here. Righty defenseman, right circle, Clark scores! Now, here's your host, Jesse Cohen. Welcome back, Kings fans. I am Jesse Cohen. This is All the Kings Men. Sean Dursey has a new contract. Nate Thompson's on a PTO. I'm watching Kings games from the rookie faceoff in San Jose, and training camp opens on Thursday. The offseason is officially, officially over. Mikey Anderson spoke with us after signing his new contract, but before we get to that conversation, Brant Clark scored the game-winning goal in a shootout on Saturday, then chatted with me on Sunday. Joining me now from San Jose, Brant Clark. How are you doing today, Brant? Doing good. Yep. Uh, off day here. We had uh, just did some bocce ball, just got back from that. It's uh, been a fun day. Yeah, how'd the bocce ball go? It went well. Our, my team wasn't too strong, but uh, <laughs> that, that's okay. Uh, yeah, it was still uh, still a good time. We had uh, some good food there, too, so yeah, it was great. Do you have a lot of bocce experience in your uh, career? None. None whatsoever, so that was, uh, that was, a, new, uh, that was a new one for me. Another new experience for you uh, playing in an in- I guess it wasn't technically an NHL game, but playing, you know, in an NHL sanctioned event wearing an LA Kings jersey, how did it feel? It's, uh, you know, it was a long time coming, actually. I, I was really happy to finally uh, finally do it. I'm really happy to be out here. You know, uh, we have such a talented group here. We play alongside uh, the, these players. It's been lots of fun. And, um, yeah, like I said, it's been a long time coming. It was infor- unfortunate about last year not uh, not getting any games in, but uh, – yeah, I'm, uh, I'm hoping for a big, uh, big showing this. Uh, yeah, uh, hoping for a big showing to continue this year. So uh, yeah, that has been going well. Now you played with a bunch of different guys, but I, there was some debate as to who your partner would be. And certainly in the past, the Kings have had success with like a stay-at-home guy and a puck-moving guy. You were paired with uh, Kim Nuzianen for a while. Uh, you were out there with Jordan Spence from time to time. Do you prefer one or the other? Do you have a preference? I don't know. I, I like to I, I like to involve my partner a lot. I like to make, give him the puck. I like to give him to give me the puck. You know, I'm always looking. Whoever it is, you know, I always tell uh, whoever my partner is at the start of the game. I'm like, hey, let's look for each other here. Be uh, be ready for these DDD passes. So that's uh, that's just how I think uh, we we can stretch the ice and make it to uh, give ourselves an advantage. So uh, you know, I, I like the puck movers on the other side. I like uh, guys who are thinking to thinking to find me and thinking to find open players. Uh, so, so yeah, you know, there's a lot of talented players here. All, all these guys can make good plays all, and uh, they all can shut guys down too. So it's, uh, it's good. You know, when you rise up in the, in the ranks like this, uh, all the players are talented. So that uh, helps me out a lot. In game one, it felt like both your assists came from the low right half wall. And it felt like in game two, uh, 
apologies if I'm forgetting one, but felt like your assist on the game tying goal from Martin Chromiak came from the left wall. Akil Thomas fed you for a nice, I guess it wasn't a give and go because you didn't give it back to Akil, but a a, a give and give. Yep. Um, do you, as like if you're attacking the zone, do you find that that going to the wall, you know, pulls defenders further out from the middle? Was that just coincidence? Do you have an area that you like to operate from in the offensive zone? Uh, yeah, you know, I, you know, there's, uh, I don't like, I don't want to call myself a perimeter player, you know, the objective is the attack the middle, but, uh, yeah, you know, I feel like you can stretch the zone out pretty well if you're coming along the wall, you know, like you said there, Akil drove the middle, something the coaches were telling us to do was have a middle drive as soon as we cross the blue line, dish it out, because that, uh, that drives the defenders back, and then if they want to come get me, they have to travel a long way, so he made a great play there, uh, driving the middle, and then he kept going to the net too, which, uh, allowed, uh, Chromie to be open in the high slots, so yeah, it was a great play by him, but, uh, yeah, I think, you know, I do like coming along the wall. I like then looking to the middle and uh, having a bunch of options, maybe going to the net like I did on the Pinelli goal or slinging it high like uh, like I did for, with Chromiak. So, uh, yeah, I, uh, I definitely think that's, that's an advantage for me just to be able to scan the ice and uh, have a little bit of time to choose where I want to go. You mentioned that the coaches uh, encouraged a center, center lane drive. That's, you guys have been, I mean, as a group for what, three days now, I guess? Like three or four tops, yeah. So do you get a sense of what the coaching staff expects of, of who you're playing with? Is it, I mean, how quickly are you starting to pick up these tendencies from players and coaching staff? Pretty quickly. You know, that's, that's the system they want to play. They show us uh, a lot of LA Kings, like the NHL guys from last year, they show us all their clips and they want us to play their style, you know, the way, uh, the way they neutral zone for check and the way they uh, play in, in their own zone. So uh, yeah, we're, you know, we're all smart players. We're, we've all been trying to pick it up as quick as we can. We want to we want to be making the right plays out there. We want to be trusting that uh, our teammates are going to be in the right spots too. So that's, uh, that's just accountability. So, yeah, I think we're all picking it up pretty quickly, and uh, uh, we're doing a pretty good job of it as well. We talked to Marco Sturm last week, and he talked a lot about um, Kings hockey, like the Kings style of hockey. We're not going to ask you to give away any state secrets, but it sounds like they did a pretty – comprehensive job of showing you what they think king's hockey means absolutely yeah they use that term uh, a good amount too actually yeah they just uh you know they they're, they they want to be a tough team to play against they want to be a team that's always in your face and they're taking it to you and uh uh and, and transition sparks quickly and stuff like that so yeah it's it's definitely something that uh, like i said they're showing us clips of the kings last year the, of times they executed it really well and uh so yeah we're just trying to emulate that we're trying to make them uh Make them happy, and uh, yeah, like I said, I think we've done a pretty solid job of it. Now, I, I've read some interviews with you in the past. You and I have spoken a couple times in the past. I know that you're generally a pretty positive guy, but you got laid out late in the game against Vegas, and I got to tell you, from a fan perspective, like we're not going to forget that anytime soon. <laughs> like that, you know, just feeds into the narrative that we don't like the Golden Knights already. Is <laughs> Is that the sort of thing that you'll store away, tuck away in, in your mind somewhere? For sure. Yeah, that's. Uh, I was definitely not too impressed with that. Uh, the only reason I made myself so vulnerable is because I was pinning it up against the wall. I heard the heard the buzzer go, and the buzzer usually means you know we're we're done here. Sure. And then I got, and then I got. Next thing I I look up and I see a shoulder a foot from my head. So I wasn't. Uh, yeah, I wasn't too happy about that, but. Uh, yeah, luckily, nothing, no too da- nothing too bad. I have a, a bit of a bruise in my nose, but uh, yeah, I got kind of lucky that no no head trauma or anything like that. Uh, they did a good job of, of assessing me, but uh, yeah, I, I let them know that I, uh, you know, it was a it really traumatic in the moment. I was kind of scared when I re- originally like 
went back on the ice. But uh, no, I was uh, I was all good when I got back to the bench, and uh, yeah, and I'm feeling great now. No uh, no side effects or anything. Had to make it a little bit sweeter to be the one to put the game away. For sure, yeah, I definitely wanted uh, definitely wanted to be the one to felt good to be the one to end it on and end, it, <laughs> end the game on them. So I was talking to my dad this morning, and we were talking about you know. Uh, different guys that are scoring different guys that are not scoring. And, you know, one comment that comes up as well, when somebody does something in a, in a rookie game or, or, you know, something like this, you go, all right, well, who's the opponent? Who are they playing? And my dad said, yeah, well, there's tons of guys in these games that don't get it done. Um, so you got to focus on the guys that do uh, sort of an awkward way of setting up the question of, do you feel like you're making a strong case? already? Like, did you come into this camp? with the idea that doing well here just bolsters your case in training camp to make the opening night roster for the Kings. hundred percent, hundred percent. You know, I, I came here, you know, as soon as we got on that plane or as soon as we actually started our first practice in, uh, at El, in El Segundo, you know, when we were all together, I was like, you know, I want to make this, I want to be, every time I touch the ice with these guys, I want to bring my best. I want to do, uh, I want to show my, my good habits. I want to show my, uh, my work ethic and, uh, you know, I also want to showcase my skills. So I, I, I definitely think as, as soon as the, you know, our, our group session started, I, I, from that moment on, I wanted to, I want to show that I, I, I want to be a, a difference maker for this organization as soon as possible. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, I, I brought that into the games too. I was, I was determined, uh, you know, not to, not to force anything, but, you know, let, let the situations come to me and capitalize and make the right play when it's, when it's open. So uh, that's, that's what I think I've been doing, and I, yeah, I'm really happy with how I've been how I've been going so far. And uh, yeah, I just want to keep this this momentum going. We got another game tomorrow, and then uh, when the when the real thing starts on on Wednesday or whatever, it's uh, you know I don't want to. I'm not going to lose this mentality. I, I, I like I said, I really want to show that I, that uh, I can uh, hang with the big guys, and I, I want to be on that uh, opening night roster. Well, I know a couple of people who are already asking me where to get Brant Clark jerseys, so um, I'd say you're doing about as well as you can on that front. I've become real sort of fascinated in my uh, advancing old age uh, with nicknames because I never had one and I don't really like using them. But are you Clarky? Is that like the name that's been handed to you? Yeah, I'm Clarky. Yeah, that's that's what that's what I go by. That's what I've gone by for my my whole life, pretty much on every team I've been with. So uh, yeah, I like it. All right, Clark. Well, I'm not. I wouldn't. You're not going to hear it from me, but I. <laughs> I <did. laughs> Sounds good. I did want to ask. Anyway, yeah. Brent, thank you very much for talking to us, uh, taking time out. I know you got a team, more team stuff to get to tonight, so I'll let you go. But uh, we appreciate it, and we'll see you back in uh, in L.A. in a couple of days. Of course, yeah. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. All right. Joining us today, Zach Dooley. How are you doing today, Zach? Jesse. I was billed first. Yeah, absolutely. How about that? Doing and well. uh, featuring Mikey Anderson. How are you doing today, Mikey? Good, good. How are you guys? We're great. So I've got a really important question for you right off the hop. You don't have to tell me the answer. I just want a yes or no. Do you have a team in the National Hockey League that you really just don't like? Uh, Yes yes and no. I'll say yes and no. All right. Now, if your brother was traded to that team and that team found itself into the Stanley Cup final, not against the LA Kings, but your brother was hurt and wasn't playing, would you root for that team? Probably just just for the fact that if if they won, it'd be for him. So I think it, cheering right. cheering for him would be cheering for the team. But I'd, I'd more so cheering for him. Whatever happens would happen. But 
be fun for him. So that's I have to say yes for his sake, but uh, on the other fronts, I'd say no. So. Right. I think that's a good answer. <laughs> that's yeah. a great answer. Yeah. That's a perfect answer. Yeah. Follow-up, totally unrelated, though. Will you ever not be Mikey? I don't know. I keep getting heat for that. Uh, I've always, <laughs> I've always been been Mikey. I mean, yeah. ever since I remember. So I've never really changed it. Guys around the rink will call me Michael, call me Mike. I kind of respond to whatever. But um, I mean, far as I can tell, for now, we're gonna we're gonna stick with Mikey. Is there anybody that ever does it like sarcastically or or in a funny way? Uh, not a whole. I've always like growing up. I've just always had a lot of like random nicknames. Mm-hmm. So I guess. I've kind of just been open to whatever anyone calls me. I kind of just go along with it. So, um, yeah, I mean, other than some, some people here and there giving me crap for still going by Mikey, I, something enjoyable. So I, it's something different. So I, I kind of like it. I'm looking at you. You're not a Mike Anderson. Mm-mm. You're not Mike. Like, <laughs> oh, no. I, there's, he's just not no. a Mike Anderson. Yeah. And you could go by Michael, but then it's like, why are you being so formal? You're not Mike. I just, but you're just not. The hockey nickname convention, right, is to add e or er or z at the end of yeah. it, right or shorten it down right yeah. duly become duels yeah i never had a nickname so i'm just anti-nickname in general but mikey is right fits the convention but it's not your last name it's not a nickname like do you how does anderson get turned into a nickname or does it i uh, i've heard andy a little bit mm. but more so it's mikey's already almost nickname enough so everyone just usually sticks with mikey so if i hear andy i kind of start laughing because <laughs> pretty un- unusual sure. but i was gonna say that'd be the only other uh way a nickname kind of comes into place from from anderson all right so let's get into your contract so you just signed a one-year deal and king's fans are thrilled by the way i include myself in that category very happy i was excited to work on a saturday <laughs> to see this contract, and I don't get excited to work on a Saturday. So good, thank you. But I mean, yeah. there was a lot of like, when's it going to happen? Is it going to happen? When do we have to start getting worried? Um, you signed for, I think, a smaller contract than maybe people anticipated. My theory is that the players have faith in this organization to take care of them. Is there anything to that? Yeah, I mean, f- for my situation personally, I looked at it as a, a way to kind of build another year, um, you know, be able to try and build upon the last two seasons, you know, and even the third from the American League the year before. But um, another way to kind of keep growing, developing, um, and then again, uh, reevaluate where we're at next year. But um, obviously, like, you know, really like where, where we're at as a group and uh, team organization-wise. And, um, you know, I'm just very happy to be a part of it and Obviously, I think we're trending in the right direction, and last year was a great step. But, um, you know, add Kevin, um, you know, he's a, a big addition for us now. So it's it's a fun time to, to be a part of the organization. And, you know, I think everyone will say it in there. Everyone kind of likes the, the way we're going and, and the path we're on. How involved do you get in contract negotiations? I feel like you see the full range of spectrum for people that are all in. They do it all themselves, or they say, hey, agent, take care of this. I don't want to be involved at all. Yeah, I mean, I, I think for me, I my agent did most the, the bulk of it for me and kind of fills me in on, on how things go. But uh, obviously, you know, you got a guy like Drew who was able to do it by himself. Yeah. But it's I think it's, you know, it's a lot of work. You got a, a lot of different aspects of, of trying to, you know, pull comparable contracts and, and whatnot to try and, you know, figure out an agreement b- between yourself and the team. So from that front, it's nice to have an agent who can kind of, you know, another layer of, of support to kind of back you up in, in what you think. So 
Um, I mean, for me personally, I was involved, but more so just kind of getting secondhand feedback from, from what's going on, not uh, directly from it. But Let's talk about Drew Doughty, or rather your partnership with Drew Doughty. You guys combined to be one of the most effective pairs in the league last year. Unfortunately, Drew didn't play a ton. Um, I was looking it up last night just out of curiosity. Do you know who you played the second most amount of minutes with as a partner last year? My guess would be Toby, probably. We had a we had a good twenty game stretch, maybe yep. kind of right after yeah. Drew got hurt. That feels like two years ago, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. That was last yeah. year. It yeah. feels so long it's ago. Uh, yeah. I remember that stretch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And but I mean, it was by like a fairly wide margin. Um, you played uh, what? This is for no, nah, last year. Five hundred and eighty five minutes with uh, with Drew and two hundred and forty two minutes and change with Toby. This is all at even strength. Yeah. Um, heading into training camp. If you had, you know, if you were the coach of the LA Kings, are you putting yourself back there with uh, Drew Doughty? I mean, I thought, yeah, the two of us were were pretty good together. Um, obviously, he's he's a one of a kind player, so it's, um, you know, I, I think I've told you guys before. It took a little bit the first year to kind of figure him out a little bit, figure out how he plays, and then um, obviously last year, you know, before he got hurt, I thought we we were uh, we were really good together. Um, obviously, he's a guy that's you know easy to play with because he just makes hockey plays uh, all over the ring. So fun to be able to play with him. But uh, as a whole, I mean, I think whoever anyone gets paired with this year, we got a, a good group back there. And I mean, everyone's pretty comfortable playing with whoever, especially last year kind of helped with that as everyone was kind of bounced around the whole year. How exciting is it that heading into camp this year, exactly what you just said is true. Like in years past, roles were so clearly defined because there wasn't the depth to maybe have that competition. Like, How exciting is that to have, you know, different guys capable of doing those different roles? Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, I think every team needs that. It, you know, drives practice, will drive camp to make everyone, you know, play a little harder. You got guys competing for jobs, different positions, where they want to play in the lineup. So, um, you know, it makes for a competitive camp, but at the same time, you, you need that within an organization to, you know, take the next step and, and keep getting better. But um, from a team standpoint, it's it's nice because everyone should be you know comfortable playing with whoever they get paired with or whoever their line mates are. But uh, I mean, it, it's I, in my eyes, I think it's a, a big you know step for an organization to take when you get that internal competition for those jobs. Fans of the team know that you're competitive. Um, those who consume all of the you know social media and stuff that goes out will have seen the video of you and your brothers throwing water balloons over the house and getting really invested in that competition what was it like walking into the Edmonton Oilers arena in the playoffs in the NHL what a jump that was yeah they like that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was it's crazy i mean obviously it's um, i mean that's like Stanley Cup playoffs in Canada are unlike nothing else i mean i've you see it on TV growing up, you watch all the games, but um, being able to go through it and, you know, you, you kind of think, oh, you have an idea what it's going to be. And then you get into the rink and you're down at ice level and it's completely different from from what you ever thought. But, um, I mean, I think it's just, it's such a fun environment with how loud it is throughout the whole game. Any little play happens, there's some kind of noise coming from, from the stands, but uh, definitely a, a really good experience. And, I mean, Again, make having the way it ended, it makes you want it more, and I mean that's kind of motivation for for the year to try and get back to where we at and come out on the other side of it. You've played in big games in different uh, levels. Is that the word I'm looking for? Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, um, how did it compare as far as like making those fans go home sad? How did it compare to say you know NCAA's or World Juniors? 
I think yeah, it, it's different. It, it's more. I mean, if you're on the road and you win a game on the road, obviously the the whole ring's silent. But if you go, you know, the NCAA tournament or World Juniors, it's usually a neutral site, so it's a little bit less because you kind of get half half, and then you get a good chunk of fans that are just there to watch hockey. So it's a little a little uneven. But uh, I mean, obviously, it's being able to play in a series is more fun because you know you know you're coming back in two days to play the same team again, whereas. You know, if you get in World Junior Medal Round or, or college, it's basically one and done. So it's, I mean, game seven every game, which, which again, is fun. But it's uh, fun being able to kind of go through a series and, uh, you know, have to play well for, for a stretch of games to, to move on. I want to go back to the contract a little bit because, like Jesse said, fans very excited um, to see that you resigned. And there's no deadline necessarily to have a deal signed when it did. Um, but was it important to you to make sure that that was taken care of by the start of camp, even though you said, you know, you don't really get too deep into that side of it? Yeah, I think, I mean, obviously you, you want to have a deal done before camp, just it's as good of shape you think you're in and, um, you know, however well your, your summer training goes, the camps camp, it's going to be a grind no matter what. So it's something you want to be a part of for, for your own personal well-being, just to be in shape, be ready to go for the year. But also it's uh, the first two weeks, you know, the team's together and you, you kind of start building the, the model of the team. You get to be, you know, in the room, kind of figure out what it's all going to be like. So it's obviously, uh, I mean, from my personal standpoint, a very important two weeks, I think, to, to be a part of. And um, very happy that we were able to find something and, and get it done before camp started. And I don't want to ask you to expose how secrets either, but... You know, it's a one-year deal. Kind of gives you everyone some more time to to talk about a longer-term solution. Is there a desire for you guys to maybe make something happen longer term when the time is right? Yeah, obviously. I mean, I I love it out here. It's uh, love the way you know, like I said earlier, the way the team's going and the the organization, the way we're moving. But um, you know, as the city, um, you know, the arrangements of of living everything out here and, and the group of guys we got. I mean, I would love to be here um, as long as I can. Um, so, I mean, that's something, again, this, this year uh, with the one-year deal kind of buys us a little more time to, um, you know, like I said, build build another year, play well, and uh, try and, you know, figure out if, if there's a solution we can get to, you know, as time moves on into, into next year. You were one of the guys who had to play during the pandemic season, and that was – it wasn't – I guess you played six games the year before, so it was sort of your rookie season. And a lot of guys last – the start of last season said that, 2021-22, the just completed season. I'm calling last season two different seasons. Um, but that it was sort of like a second opportunity at a rookie year. So now that you've had a season and, you know, you missed some time with injury, it feels like everybody missed some time with injury yeah. last year. But now that you've had a chance to go through a season, play in all the barns, you know, you make the playoffs, you play the Edmonton Oilers, do you have, feel like you have a a more familiar grasp of the NHL now? Yeah, completely. Uh, that the first year or my first full year was weird because you're only playing, I don't know what it was, eight teams the whole year. Yeah. So it's obviously a very different schedule. You you get two days off between games or, or however it all worked out. But um, I mean, last year it's finally you're going to every city or some nights you're playing on a plane right after and then you're playing the next night, which is something we didn't do a whole lot the year before. So Last year was nice to kind of, you know, go through that and then being able to, to make the playoffs and, and go on a little run, you know, throughout the first series is kind of get to experience a little bit of everything. So, um, and I mean, with how, how young our group was, I think it's really nice. And for me personally, to kind of experience that. Um, and then you come into this year, you know, you're comfortable with how things work throughout a normal, typical year. So 
Um, I think it, yeah, it's very beneficial for all of us, but it's almost now, like you said, it's finally like the in quote sophomore season or whatever you want to call it, even though it's, it's the third one, but it's, uh, finally the, the first one where you already kind of gotten one, one crack at the barrel and we get to do it again. Were there moments last year where you realized something had been changed by the pandemic that you couldn't have realized that first go through cause you were in the midst of it? I, I, yeah, I think just some of the, the difference in the road trips. I mean, we were, I think, what, the furthest road trip we went was maybe St. Louis and Minnesota that first year or the COVID year. And then last year, I mean, now you're all the way on the East Coast and it's different stuff's happening. I mean, still COVID was, was kind of there where guys were having to sit out and get stuck in East Coast for a week or two and, and whatnot. But, I mean, just kind of the, the different ways of travel where you're stopping in Dallas to play a game and then you're moving further along um, towards the East Coast and then coming back and then get a day off and then all of a sudden you're playing again. So it's obviously a busy but fun schedule. But, I mean, that was kind of, you know, the amount of travel and just how kind of quick quickly you got to get from one game to the next was kind of a, a big adjustment from uh, the year before. Did Drew intentionally test positive for COVID in Fort Lauderdale or so we could stay? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, that'd be the place. To that's do where it. I would have yeah. wanted to do it. But, um, not Buffalo. No, maybe not. A little, little, I guess if you can't leave the room, it doesn't matter how cold it is outside. Um, looking at the left side of the D it's, you know, yourself, Toby, Movarara, young guys. Um, Alex Edler was a part of that group last year, back on another one-year deal this year. You know, what did he add to the left side, to, to your group there with his experience and, and, you know, what he's able to do on and off the ice? I think, yeah, it was it was huge for us. I mean, just being able to kind of interact with him daily and, um, you know, like Drew, they've both been in the league for a while. So you kind of get to pick the two apart and, and kind of see, you know, their thoughts on whether it's life situations, kind of how to be a pro. Um, and they do it, you know, different ways. So it's fun to kind of see what Drew thinks and how it, you know, Eddie might be a little different, um, and vice versa. And I think even, you know, last year, the last two years, we've been lucky to have Oli too. I mean, Oli doesn't get enough credit, I think, for for what he did for for our young group. But um, I mean, we're lucky to have Eddie back, and obviously he brings a a good steady presence on the on the ice. But uh, I think he's he's more important off the ice, especially with how you know many young Swedes we have. He's able to kind of have that connection with him as well which which goes a long way do the swedes like are they a click in the locker room do they like do their swedish thing yeah they, there's there's a couple moments you'll be walking by if they're in like the dry stall together or just you know sitting at the breakfast table you'll hear a couple words and you're trying to hear what's going on and it's you got no idea what they're saying but i mean <laughs> it's funny and i always walk by and, and give them a couple jokes about it and they all start laughing but uh i think the, the one day last year we were i don't know where it might have been in edmonton the night before the game we were at dinner uh in the team room and i sit down i look up and it's just all the swedes and i think i didn't understand one or the entire <laughs> the entire dinner just sat there and watched the tv but uh i mean like i said it's nice to have for them to have eddie with how you know young we got and those guys are you know changing cultures he's able to kind of be a good you know godfather so to speak for the for those guys swedish godfather swedish godfather, swedish godfather. There's, uh, <laughs> there's a nickname yeah yeah i get it started king's fans yeah um, <laughs> we i knew this but i a lot of people didn't um europeans don't like peanut butter uh, like really don't like peanut butter. Based on the look on your face, I'm assuming you didn't know that either. No idea. All right. Well, I was going to ask you if there were any other uh, cultural gaps like that in the locker room, but I guess not. I've, I've seen it. Uh, it started when I was in junior. My roommate was from Latvia, and he had a plate of pasta the one day, and he just doused it in ketchup. Oh. I've never <laughs> thought about it, but I, apparently I just 
pretty normal. I think I've seen a couple guys do it too. You throw a little ketchup on pasta, whether yeah. it's like I guess a it's not that far away from tomato. We sauce. use like tomato sauce. Yeah. We use ketchup. I'd... Yeah, I was, I was the first time I saw it. It'd still be like that. sauce on, it and they'd add a little ketchup, and I was kind of looking at him like, "What are you doing?" He's like, Wait, "What do you mean? It's how I eat pasta?" <laughs> I was like, okay, okay. Any Minnesota delicacies that you thought were totally normal that you found out were not? Um. Not that I can think of. Every now and then someone will make fun of me if I have like a, say like sock tape or something in my, oh, it comes a little lower. The way I pronounce some things might be a little bit off. But other than that, there's nothing food-wise or eating-wise that gets made fun of too much. I get made fun of out here for drinking tap water. I Growing up, that's all I ever drank, Same. like ta- yeah. tap water. And I then still drink tap water. Drink yeah, tap water. In, in, the, in the college, it was like Duluth had in quote you know some of the best tap water that yeah. anyone's ever had so for yeah. me if i was ever had an issue with was it, that on the to, recruiting uh yeah, yeah. <laughs> literature <laughs> just run over to the sink and fill up your water facilities and tap water <laughs> national you championships like, like a brita filter or anything like that uh growing up i never did now i'll i mean i'll Same. do it now I'll throw it in the fridge so it can it can be right. cold but i mean growing up in the college it was just go to the sink fill it up and I'd get a couple weird looks every now and then, like, what are you doing? I'm like, it's water's water. It's, yeah. I, I turned out okay. My mom my mom made me drink tap water my whole life, and I nothing went wrong, knock on wood. So, I was in the kitchen maybe last week, and I was filling up my water bottle in the sink, and uh, someone was like, like, what are you doing? I'm filling up my water bottle. Like, I, I don't see the problem with it, and I was looked at like I was insane for choosing tap water. I mean, three guys in this room, we all drink tap water, so I don't know. We're all still, I feel we all like, seem relatively healthy. I, I think like everybody else yeah. is wrong. This seems like a perfectly good time to bring up this question, Mike. Before you walked in, like right before you walked in, I was telling Zach about a cereal draft that I saw, and uh, Cinnamon Toast Crunch was the number one overall pick. Zach thought it was a strong pick. I, no way does it go first overall. Any thoughts on that controversial uh, decision? I, I think I saw the same video. There's like the they had like five picks or yep. whatever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I like Mike it. Anderson's I don't, on TikTok. I don't. Yeah. I, don't <laughs> I don't know if it would be my my number one, but I don't mind a nice bowl of cinnamon toast crunch every now and then. Number one overall, though. Okay, but here's the thing: Are we talking dry cereal or with milk? Because cinnamon toast crunch, not only do you get the cereal, but you get the after, you get the milk as well with the cinnamon that's drifted off, and it's like second. I mean, this is a whole other conversation for another day. It's I'm a fine pick, just not I'm a, number one I'm a sucker for the Fruity Pebbles, so I'd like... I was like, that's also really good. So, I mean, if I, I would probably go Fruity Pebbles one, but that's more so that's just my favorite. Whether or not it's... That's a great pick cereal, as well. That's my I, pick. I think that's I'm going Lucky yeah. Charms. Also, I mean, it's a first-round pick, right? Like, it's hard to mess those up. I'm going to wrench the steering wheel back to hockey real quick. <laughs> um, now that you've played Edmonton in the playoffs, you're going up against them this season. First game of the regular season against Edmonton Oilers. Is it more meaningful than in any of the regular season games against them last year? I mean, I like to think there'll, there'll be that extra little, you know, intensity in there. Um, obviously, I haven't gone through that. So, um, you know, some of the older guys, you know, have the year before, you know, especially the guys that have been here for, for a long time. So um, just from, you know, the outside looking in, I feel like there's got to be, you know, a little added something to it. But uh, obviously this year's you know, brand new. So it's trying to, you know, refocus and, you know, kind of take the next step as a group and, and try and get better. I can't remember who said it to me and after which game it was. So apologies if you're listening to whoever said it to me, but there was a moment, it was after game two or three and the person looked at me and said, this is great. Now they don't like each other. Like now the series, like now they're going to step up their game. So I can't remember what had happened, but there had been some pushing and shoving near the end of the game 
and it was clear that tempers were escalating. Mm-hmm. Is that something that'll help you out in a series? I mean, I think that's just kind of bound to happen in, in any kind of series. Um, obviously, at a certain point, someone's going to get fed up with something, so it kind of you know it turns into that a little bit, but almost makes it a little personal. Um, and I think that's what you know kind of makes the sport fun. It makes the the plaffs the plaffs, and that's you know why you, you want to be there is for the little you know personal head to head battles that you're going to have you know from team to team. So obviously, I think that's something that kind of goes a long way throughout a series. Whether or not it ends up helping you win the series or not, I think it does. It does play a factor. How active are you on social media? I used to be a lot. Now it's slowly tapered off. I mean, I more so I'll look at Instagram. My Instagram's all funny memes or something golf related or dog related. And me and my brother just send them back and forth or like in our family group chat. But that's that's pretty much about it. How often is Lucy on social media? Well, I keep telling my dad to get her a phone, but she won't do it. So uh, <laughs> Lucy's a dog. For those <laughs> <things you don't. laughs> uh, no, my sister, I think she started uh, Instagram for her a while ago, but it slowly gotten a little slow. My sister just got a new dog too, though. So maybe we'll try and Ooh, get a get a dual a dual page fired up. For the, the Luff Pups had a had an yep. account. It had a good run. Yeah. The reason I actually asked, I was wondering because they were tweeting this at me and the LA Kings. How often do Edmonton fans tweet mean things at you or send you mean messages? After that series, uh, during the series, I had a few coming like my DMs in on Instagram that were uh, were pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it, obviously, it's how you look at it. Like some, you know, some people take it a little too serious, but there's, I mean, whatever they're gonna type, they can they can say it's you know fun to laugh at. But I was sending them into my family, and everyone thought it was pretty <laughs> funny. But uh, no, it's uh, I mean that's that's the way it goes. But uh, it's it's kind of fun to to you know kind of see what people are saying but uh, you just got to take it with a, a grain of salt cause, you know it doesn't mean much saw some the other day it was like guys like that series was four months ago like do you have nothing yeah. nothing better to do than <laughs> still send this stuff i don't get a ton of mean comments but when i do if they're funny i don't mind at yeah. all but they have to be like genuinely yeah clever yeah yeah, yeah. i can respect it if it's yeah clever. absolutely yeah. yeah all right mikey i know you've got to go so i think we're probably gonna let you go but thank you very much and uh Come hang out with the stock cereal anytime you want. <laughs> Sign me up. <laughs> Here's McDavid, one-on-one with Mikey Anderson, stood up by Anderson, never got a shot away. As good as you can do one-on-one in that situation, came out of nowhere.